Cash. It's your host, Cash Money Morgan. Uh, so, so excited for tonight's podcast. But before I get into my guest, I just want to say a couple things. Uh, thank you to everyone who reached out to me after episode seven. Literally, you guys are amazing. Um, I just want to have a birthday party and like invite everyone who listens to the podcast to my birthday party. So that's what I want to do next year. Uh, I'm just kidding. But anyways, so like I said in the last pod... I do have merchandise coming soon, so you're going to want to follow Instagram, LinkedIn, any, anywhere I have, you're going to want to follow it because when it drops, it's very limited quantity and it's only going to have a few available. So definitely check that out. But let's get right into it. So my guest tonight is the one and the only Kyle Gardner. <laughs> said you had the sound effects. Yeah. I wasn't expecting <laughs> that. I feel like you I'm know, on Jimmy Fallon or something with that. What's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know, you know, something slight. Like, it's pretty cool. Uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, Kyle is someone that we both went to Evangel. We both went to college together, but literally never met. I actually just slid in his Facebook message the other day. He's mm-hmm. probably like, who the heck is this chick? No, but I, I knew of you. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what'd you hear? <laughs> Bad <laughs> yeah. He's like, she sucks at ping pong. I'm just kidding. Um, I, I had heard of Kyle too, and so Kyle's got for sure, at least what I've heard, a very like interesting story. So it's very exciting to have you on the pod. So thank you for coming. Oh, I'm pumped. So one of the biggest things that I had heard of you mm-hmm. was back in college, they were like, oh, this guy has a dorm room just filled with boxes of shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, w- was that your dorm or was that a, a, like a separate room? Oh, uh, that was my dorm. I uh, It got to the point where it was so bad. Uh, I was sleeping on the floor because on the bunks <laughs> I had shoes and I was just sleeping on the floor during like peak coding season. Right. Which is like where Adidas has these codes for 50% off. And they give them to the employees. Well, the employees don't want them, so they sell them. And so uh, I had a guy who bought codes from a bunch of employees, and he'd sell them all to me. And uh, they they got to the point where I was doing codes for a few years. And to me, it's they like, started, how do you mean a guy who just does, yo, I just do a dance code? I had, a, I like, had a big uh, sneaker selling page. Oh, so you get like gotcha, DMs gotcha, gotcha. stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, he... He was like, dude, I got like 500 codes and I didn't need all 500, but he's like, I'll give you a steal, like 150, 200 a code. And uh, at the beginning, you could buy codes uh, for like 100 bucks and they didn't have a limit. So you could you could buy 20 grand worth of shoes on an order at 50% off, Dang. pay 10,000 and sell them. But uh, it got to the point where Adidas was like, dude, these codes are being abused. So they limited them <laughs> at like 2,000. Wow. So you just buy a bunch of codes and then uh, you'd get all these shoes for half off. You couldn't sell them for half off because they were shoes that were just sitting on the site. You couldn't sell them for full price, I mean. Right. So if a shoe was like 100 you could pay 50 for it plus shipping tax, bring it to like, give or take about 115 120 Then you could sell them for like 170 after fees, 160 clear a little bit of money. My brain is like swung. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about all those prices. But no, point it's good. Is, is you, Hashtag marketing. Fees, like... <laughs> Even after after fees, you can still uh, clear a decent chunk of money, but it depends on the shoes. If you're going to do it in bulk, like my peak, what you're probably referring to, what you heard about on campus, it's like 2,000 pairs a month, but codes are only around for a couple months a year, so... You know, it'd be okay. Uh, the the margin really goes down because yeah. you have to push shoes real quick. I had a couple storage units as well that we'd sell them out of. But Dang. So did you end up selling all those shoes? Yeah, except for like maybe 50 of them I still have that just 
turned into nothing pretty dang, much. So, dang, dang. I've been giving them away. That's awesome. I gave a pair to uh, Yaya and Raina and all oh the men. You know them? Yeah, <laughs> they were, I so. love them. A few people, you know, at Brantley, yeah. uh, my old roommate, I gave him like 10 pairs. I've just been giving nice. them away because I have no use for them. Oh, They're rock on. Okay, much. Kyle. Uh, so that's definitely how I've heard of Kyle. But um, let's just kind of get into who you are and just like your bio, like where'd you grow up? What's your current job title? Stuff like that. Where What's your zodiac up? sign? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I don't even know zodiac, but I, I, I grew up in Michigan. Well, I was born in Florida, moved after a few months, lived a bunch of places in New York. Uh, my mom's side of the family's there. We moved for her fam to be by her family because my parents met in Florida. But they uh, they wanted to be around like family and stuff because they were still figuring life out, whatever. And then we moved by uh, to New York to be by my mom's family. But they're New Yorkians, so they're nuts. Yeah. And then my dad was like, no, we got to be by my family. So they moved to Michigan. Dang. And, <laughs> and uh, I lived most of my life in Michigan, lived in good parts, bad parts, lived in it all, lived in like probably 20, 30 different cities in Michigan throughout Whoa. my life. And uh, real fun. Real fun, great area. Oakland County, fantastic. Best place you can live. But uh, yeah, and I'm in Springfield. And uh, so I, sh I should have wrote that down. How do you, just, how, how do you just end up in Springfield? I mean, I know that like, I'm in Springfield, but. So a, a few things, right? I, I never wanted to go to college. Uh, since I was like probably eight, I said I'd rather be dead than work for somebody. I, I just knew that almost out of the womb. And I still live by that. I couldn't live, for, I couldn't work for somebody don't know why I just came out of the womb like that right and then um so I was never going to go to college I thought high school was stupid I, I knew college was gonna be stupid and it did not surprise <laughs> me um even though I loved the place I just didn't learn anything but the point getting off that uh, I don't want to sponsorships <laughs> but uh, the point is not currently <laughs> sponsored by <laughs> but uh about Fiji water yeah, yeah. Uh, product placement staples baby. and whatever. Packers. <laughs> Whatever that is, Zegra. Yeah. But uh, uh, my dad was like, dude, you got to go to college because the business stuff isn't going to work out. Um, I was always dumb. <laughs> One of my big claim to fame is I rode the short bus for two years when I was young. Like, was always in the bottom 10% of my class, like all that stuff. And I feel like that's one of the things, we'll probably get into this, but I always felt like I had to prove something, especially growing up, hmm. which is why in business I was always like, I was short, I was a lot of things that weren't considered to be cool, and uh, I, I thought I had to prove something. So that's where shoes came in, and I could make a lot of money selling shoes. So that was the first <laughs> hustle in your life, like the uh, first Cutting side lawns thing. and stuff. When I was like 12, I had like 10 to 12 lawns I'd cut every week at like 40 bucks. So I was making okay money when I was young. Then. We'd go to Mr. Allen's on, on a Friday night, which was downtown Royal Oak, and we'd camp out for shoes. Me and a couple of my buddies, we'd, we'd pay retail, which was 170 at the time, get like 300. So we'd camp out for that. We'd do that with the lawn cutting money. And then a couple of my buddies had different side hustles. Some of them came from families that had money, but we'd camp out for the shoes. And that's how I built a really cool sneaker collection, as well as, depending on the line, we could actually loop around and get two pairs. So we take, I mean, we could walk out and make some money, especially for our age. Then we just go make make more money. And we didn't have any bills. So, so really what age are you at right now in this situation? Like 12, 13. 12, I started camping out probably. Damn, I'm when, out when here the, watching like Disney Channel. And Kyle was like, <laughs> Rex on, Rex on, Rex. Like. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I was still doing that stuff too. 
for sure. Well, maybe not like 12, but I was always trying to flip something. Then big thing was is all my buddies that had a little more money than me and their parents would buy their shoes. Get this. They'd have like a pair of shoes that was worth like 200. I could give them like a hundred for them. And Dang. so I started selling their shoes. And this was before like Goat and StockX. So you'd have to go on eBay and sell them, which was a whole nightmare, early days of eBay. If anyone, I doubt your audience knows, but I mean, hey, dude, I it mean, was a pain. It was a pain to sell on eBay. And they didn't have PayPal. You're 12, year old, 12 years old is selling on eBay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your parents were like, that's okay, it's fine. Uh, Do my mom was super cool with it because my mom was broke. Oh, so my mom was, was like, she like, give me a percentage of that? Uh, I'd help her with a couple things, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't have too much money. And, uh, well, 20, 20, like 12, 13 she did. It was like 14 where things got a little rougher on her financial scale because my stepdad died and he was bringing in money. But a whole lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> we got a lot going on here. This is why I said I need this paper so yeah, we don't get off yeah. track. Show him but, the paper. This is the pa- he has a white piece of paper here. And that, those are so just I for don't his go thoughts. too off track. But um, anyways, we were saying something about the shoes. Yeah. So Again, you were talking what... about the line in the shoes. So yeah, yeah. not to off track, but I also have, I don't know if you have ADHD, but I for sure oh, do. I've never been tested, but oh, me too. Well, I'm me too. All, I'm, I took like an online I'm test and it was like 11 out of 10. I'm in like, Pluto. Like, uh, okay. Let's on the same page. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, when it comes to shoes, what would you say was like the greatest pair you ever got? Or, you know, like the Hail Mary <laughs> of shoes, you know, is mm. there a certain... Here's the thing with Mr. Allen. So he, the, uh, in the early days, you know, there were pairs like Thunder 4s where I remember looping around and getting three or four pairs of Thunder 4s. And those were like, you know, I don't know, 300 retail was 170. So those were good. But he, Mr. Allen's didn't get insane releases. And this was before the crazy, crazy Jordan stage. So shoes weren't worth two grand. This was before a lot of like other money came in. Gotcha. So, um... Uh, I would say the biggest wins were shoes that we could loop around and just get multiple pairs. Most pairs sat between 250 to 300, most around 300, I'd say. But there's fees that come out. But all we had to do was sit outside for like eight hours, and we could clear like a hundred bucks. So for well, but it was a, it was me and my buddies. Yeah, like that's easy. Like yeah. think about you and your friends. Right. Just go out there and do whatever you want. Like easiest thing. And there was a Panera. There was a Tim Hortons. Bro, so we go set get, for we, life. We go get like. hot chocolate. I got, I got some crazy memories. One night I, I dragged my dad out there. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, there were these uh, dunk pigeon, pigeon dunks. This was like when I was like 16. And I needed money. Because I was spending money like, not, like I was in Congress or something. I was spending money yeah. like crazy. Like I had unlimited. But I didn't. It's like and, me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, and they were going for like 600. Retail was 110. And I knew I was only going to be able to get one pair. So I was like, Dad, I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the pair. I'll give you half the money, whatever. And he was like, all right. And it was like negative outside. And we were out there for like 10 hours. Oh, and, my gosh. And the coolest thing he ever did for me, I think. He, 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 I had to buy the pair, but he didn't take any money. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so I made like a 1000 bucks for like 10 hours sitting outside. <laughs> that was one of the better That's ones. pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool of him, too. Thank yeah. you, Dad. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so obviously you started with shoes. So kind of Mostly, yeah. where did you go from there? A few things. I was lucky to be in the earlier stages of certain things like drop shipping. So uh, I have a webinar. Uh, uh, can I plug it? Yeah. So before you plug it, so right now we're recording in one of Kyle's off. I mean, office. Well, this type this thing? isn't this isn't my specific office, yeah. but this is a like a room you get to rent if you're in the tower. 
Yeah. And so Kyle has this whole business thing, which we'll get into that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I guess go on. Well, I was just going to say that I don't even have to give him the link or anything, but I got this. Well, <laughs> they won't be able to watch it if I don't. Oh, if I can, rockwellprwebinar.com. It gives you a little bit of my old story, a bunch of pictures, a lot of things I started with, screenshots from businesses, all stories, me carrying a, pulling a wagon full of like 100 t-shirts and like 100 degree weather, selling t-shirts door to door, crazy stuff. But um, goes over like some screenshots of what those businesses made and stuff like that. Just a little backstory to the introduction of the webinar, why you should buy what I'm selling. Anyways. Yeah. And uh, the next thing was, <sighs> Clouser came around, 2012 as well but i had two clothing businesses kna was the first and kna was the second and kna was kylan austin but austin wasn't doing anything didn't contribute any money but he knew more about like fashion than i did and he he was selling t-shirts before me and he made like a couple thousand like real quick and i was like oh shoot we i could do that then he didn't want me to do it because we had a lot of the same friends and knew the same people so he because he thought i'd do it better than him <laughs> So he was like, dude, let's partner up. <laughs> so I was like, hey, hey, yeah, you know? good idea. Two of us versus one. <laughs> like, you know, he'll contribute. Didn't contribute. Anyways, um, so I, I spent like a lot of my shoe money, spent a couple thousand, like maybe five grand, which was all the cash I had. So and what age inventory. are you in this story right now? Like, like 2012, around like 12. But it, it, we didn't sell squat. We sold like a quarter of the shirts didn't get our money back then we re-rolled tried it again did about the same uh we didn't know anything about marketing sales anything like that so when I you're had, 12 well <laughs> at this point when we retried it i was like probably 14 and a half 15 maybe okay and then i was like dude austin's not doing squat so i came out with this rebrand called clouser and that's where you can really get, we do a little bit of a detailed analysis in the, in the webinar. But uh, yeah, I bought all these shirts again, spent a lot of money. I had like five, 600 shirts, I don't even know. Uh, in the webinar, we go over screenshots of me buying stuff and whatever. And uh, bought a ton of shirts. And my mom, uh, we lived in this little, like uh, we show a picture of the house too. It's like twice the size of this room where we lived and uh t just this tiny place and we didn't have room to have inventory sitting all over so i couldn't sell any of it and my mom's like dude like you got to get rid of this we got shirts stacked up in the kitchen like i right. can't move in my 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 apartment yeah so i'm like all right i'll get rid of it and my mom born in the bronx raised in brooklyn woman does not play around okay like she would have started throwing stuff if i didn't get rid of this quick so i'm like all right i gotta get rid of it and i started going door to door selling these t-shirts uh, just to the neighbors and stuff. And, uh, you know, I rode bikes with their kids and stuff. So I was like, oh, they'll buy. And they did. So I was paying 6 to $7 per shirt, depending on if there was a, uh, if it was just printed on the front or the front and the back. So 6 to $7, and I was selling them for 20 cash, which 20 cash is more than 20 cash. Like 20 cash is really like selling something online for probably like 28. So that, you got good margins, right? So I was like, okay. I sold like 10 of them just going door to door. Maybe I'll keep going. And there's a lot of, if you've ever gone door to door, you know, like the anxiety of going door to door, like just bang on, hey, buy my stuff. People yell at you a whole lot of things. But so I was like, like hey. as a woman, I'm like, I'm getting snatched. <laughs> like, that's what, so like, I get like, your fear, but also yeah, I'm thinking like, it'd be worse. oh, come on it'd inside. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it would have been worse for sure. Uh, it, I had it better than uh, most <laughs> women would have had it. 
Um, but I'll give credit where credit is due. <laughs> no, no, keep going. I just, you know, but, that made me laugh. So no, it's true. But uh, I was selling all these shirts, just going door to door, and sure enough, I kept going. More people bought, and all of a sudden, I had like half my shirts gone, and I had a wad of cash. So too. what was your pitch at like fourteen? Buy my shirts. Yeah. That was pretty much my my pitch at the beginning. Now I went through a few phases, like oh, like after you feel this, like because I had them in a. Uh, in a like a, a wrap where you took a heat press yeah there, there was a better way of doing this but this was the sketchy way you took like i took my mom's hair thing no straightener and a yeah. straightener and yeah. I, you could buy them on ebay for like if you bought like a thousand of them it was like two cents each or something and then you put a size sticker on it so s m l whatever and well, the reason why I did that wasn't because, it, you know, well, part of it was because once I start, I pulled out the wagon, my grandpa used to pull me in as a kid and I stacked up all these clothes. I got all this in the webinar. But um, once I started going door to door, pulling the wagon with a lot of inventory, what happened was <laughs> is that it, like shirts would fall out. They'd get all dirty, stuff like yeah. that. Um, so Because I'd walk on the side of the road in the gravel. So if they'd fall out, right. and they'd be all dusty. So. That was to prevent that, but then also, I was like, uh, do you know a good roofer? And they'd be like, why? <laughs> why is this like, yeah. at the time, 16-year-old walking, like, why do I, do you know a good roofer? Yeah. I'd be like, because once you feel this uh, fabric, you're going to go through the roof. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and stuff like that, but I was like this, like, 16-ish-year-old like, kid me at the, the time. Like, <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Some 16-year-old kid yeah. walking up, like, most people would just chuckle, and then they'd be like, how much? Yeah. And a lot of people would do it, but then... Um, and this was just so I could have a cool car. Because, like, girls and stuff. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, but here's the thing. Oakland County, Michigan, a lot of really rich people started moving in. So, like, the, gir- the girls and stuff, they didn't want to, like, they'd only talk to guys who had, like, a certain lifestyle and stuff. And I just didn't have that. Yeah. So, in order for me to, like, compete in the slightest, like, it, it's sad, but, like, to have cool friends to have any of that stuff they were all wearing gucci stuff like that i was wearing like some old navy like eight dollar off the rack t-shirt it was like i wasn't like whatever and that was where the shoes kind of made me a little bit cooler too but the point was is that we're getting somewhere here yeah (laughs) is that the um the money from this allowed me to get a brand new camaro which was pretty cool so and i was about 17 there you go and did you get the girls too then did a little better about as good as i could get all right all right yeah it was kind of cool so but that was the whole thing of like um uh, uh, dementia's kicking in runs in the family uh we were doing the shirts oh yeah yeah. you know uh, the pitches i mean i didn't have too good of a pitch this was before i started buying the sales training and stuff cardone university straight line persuasion all that stuff that was before i went through any of that stuff so I, i didn't have too good of a pitch but i think a lot of people sympathy bought so 100 degrees in the summer. I was out there just trying to make a couple yeah. bucks. But then once I got the car, I'd load the car up, right? And I'd go to the nice neighborhoods. Right. Houses that were like at least maybe six, seven, eight hundred, but some of them were way more than that. But before they became gated, because gated houses start at like one to 1.2, but then I try to follow follow cars in because the right. gate stays open for a little but <laughs> but anyways i that they would sometimes only have like a hundred dollar bill they'd be like all right i'll take five of them and I just, there were hours where i was clearing a couple hundred bucks an hour wow in the summer at like that point i was 16 so it's just so unheard of to me because i mean i don't even know like for me as a kid you know i'm 
there were little things I would do, you know, I was yeah. like, oh, let me just like sell my old Halloween candy or like, yeah. you know, like let me just yeah. get rid of my clothes. Like I was never thinking, oh, what could I make? Like, what could I, you know, create? So why do you think you are this way? You know, that just as, as 12 years old, you're yeah. sitting in line for eight hours when you could be at home playing video games, you know, like my mom was broke. Number one, she was working a couple jobs. I remember we lived at Eagle Eagle Pond. That was like where all the sex offenders live, because not to get you taken down here, but like they like the government, there are certain places where sex offenders can live. It's kind of like there's like lines, yeah, and, and that's where rents are cheaper too, because who wants their family to live right. next to a sex offender? So my, that's all my mom could afford, and like the windows were so old and stuff. And I remember like Michigan winter, like it'd be like negative twenty with right, wind chill, right, and you could feel the wind coming through, and it was just like a kind of sucky life. And things got better from there, but I still always remembered that. So that was one. And then two, once we moved more in the heart of Oakland County, a little bit nicer. We lived in a condo, so it was we were like the the poor end of Oakland County to say the least. But um, I I didn't fit in. Like all all the all the kids came from like uh, married families, real smart, all that stuff. They, their parents would buy them like two thousand dollar Gucci hoodies. I, I, I couldn't, I didn't have any of that. So I didn't fit in as much. That was when I was like 14 when I really started. Feeling Really that. trying to like, part of it was fitting in for sure. Right. Just cause I, like people wouldn't talk to you unless you had certain things. And once I started getting those things, I became much cooler. And then it's kind of like a dopamine thing. Right. You get what I'm saying? hundred percent, hundred percent. So, and yeah. everybody likes to be liked and all that. Exactly. So that was one of the, that was one of the things for sure, which I don't regret at all. But, um, and there were a lot of other people. I know you said it sounds unheard of. Really wasn't unheard of. Like everybody had something. Especially maybe like in your friend group. <laughs> well, not even my friend group. I don't know. A I lot didn't... in that area. Okay. Okay. Because parents had businesses. A yeah. lot of the uh, people that lived there, their parents owned something. Yeah. And they were successful. So. Because I just feel like it is a lot more common where people start really doing their own thing, like in high school, late, te- like almost, yeah. you know, you're graduating. I just For never sure. hear of like a 12 year old hustling like that you know yeah i mean it was way more common i'd say so i probably sound like i'm like whatever but i was probably an area thing too you know like michigan it wasn't as stood it well it's not even just michigan city i feel like yeah and city where there's some money too but also i think i was a little more driven potentially because part of it was just like i didn't want to live right uh off like in some jank apartment <laughs> right well that's i mean that's everything in life like you know i've had jobs in the past where i'm like okay i'm working this job and i will make more money because i never ever want to ever have to again. work a job like this ever again you know and so stuff like that like you go through things sometimes when you're like yeah i'm going through this Don't and i absolutely ever want to do this ever again like, for sure some people go through it worse like i i didn't have it even close to as bad as some people do especially when you think about other countries and stuff people living in 100%. mud huts and stuff so like i can only imagine then yeah. But, um, so let's talk about your role now. So how did you get to, you know, opening your own company and like the Culver's thing, every, every, just kind of go into that. Clouser started picking up and in the, it did six figures when I was 17 and I got all that stuff on the webinar. If you want to go see it, rockwellpurewebinar.com. <laughs> but uh, it started picking up because, um, I would pay people to do the designs cause I'm not a fashion dude. I'm just not. And uh, it got to the point where it, I could scale it better. A lot of people were wearing the clothes 
and we started doing more limited releases to where it would sell out more. So it started doing okay. Um, I made I made some money on it, and uh, wasted a lot of that money again competing with people that I just shouldn't have been trying to compete with. But like buying all those. <laughs> like buying a Gucci hoodie or something like that that you know is 2600 from the store and then you literally take the tag off and it's 1800 and then you wash it one time yeah. and it's like 800 <laughs> and then you and then you end up selling it on grill for 400 and just I wasted a lot of money like that's why I say you shouldn't own a Gucci hoodie new unless you're worth at least a million or unless you're like I can easily take this loss yeah because it's just stupid. Now, I'm not saying don't own it, but know what you're buying. Yeah. But there were other things that held some value, like the shoes. And then I just always kept flipping those. But um, where I went from there, a couple things. Um, I, I some At different points, I started borrowing money uh, just from other people that saw what I was doing. Uh, and they were like, I want to get in on this, but I don't know how or I don't want to do the work. So I'd say, all right, like give me however much you have. I'll go do it and then I'll take like a fee. So even with like some of the shoes in the room, Adidas codes, I never, I always used my own money for that. But like, I don't know if you ever heard about like, like 150 pairs of like smoke gray ones, all that stuff. All those are sneaker holds. And that's not all my money. Probably about half of that's my money. So I still to this day have like storage units full of shoes, the wow. investments. But that I ma I've made some money by doing holds but not all that's my own, is my own money. So in that situation, and I'm about done with this because people, they sign this whole thing that's like, we sell when I'm ready to sell all this, but then people will be like, after three months, oh, can I get my money back? I can get my money. I'm like, dude, I can't just sell the whole freaking yeah. whatever. But so what I do is I'd say, okay, we're gonna, um, typically it depends on the fee went up, but it was 1% I'd get on the buy. So if you gave me a hundred grand, no one ever did that, but just easy numbers, right? I'd get a thousand bucks. And then there's a management fee, typically about 2% per year. So if we hold for one year, I get two grand. And then there's a 1% fee on the sell. So if we sell for 150 grand and we paid a hundred, I get a $1,500 fee. So I get a thousand on the buy, 2000 on the hold. So three, and then 1500 on the sell. So 4,500 without doing anything in my own money. Now, I never had one person give me 100 grand. <laughs> right. But, uh, just easy numbers to work with. Yeah. And then that fee went up to 2% on the buy, 2% on the sell, and then 1% uh, a year to manage. Um, and if I ever did, again, the fee would be going up more. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and there's expenses because, like, you got to pay for the store. So what age are you in doing this right now? Like, I started that maybe like 18, 19, because I, when, I, when I first came to college, I had blown through quite a bit of money, and I still had some money, but I didn't have money coming in as much. So I was like, I gotta do something. But yeah. I still had a lot of, I knew a lot of people that had money that trusted me. So I used their money to make some money. And then I did a few other things. I owned, at like 17, I owned a site Luxury Jeweler Co., whole thing, pretty much drop shipped. Um, Necklaces, bought them off AliExpress, 925 silver, just very cheap silver. Um, 925 silver, was paying like a dollar, selling them for 50. Now you'd have ads in there oh and stuff. Oh my gosh, but you'd not still... AliExpress, bro. AliExpress, Ali... but well, it's real 925 silver. Most people just, you, you go to Kohl's and buy a 925 silver chain, and they're selling it for 200. They paid $2 for it. Jewelry and furniture, some of the most marked up items. Like if you walk into a furniture store, I'm telling you this right now, you'll pay $1,000 for something, 
costing $30 to make it, like less than. So that's the thing, like those are just way There's like me needing to buy a couch, like listening to you, like oh my gosh. No, really though, like furniture, jewelry, those are certain things like you won't meet a poor jeweler ever and you definitely, someone who owns a furniture store is rolling in it. But I mean, it's not like they're selling 100 couches a day either. So it's kind of that, uh, you know, low volume, high margin, but still. Yeah. But yeah, so I had a couple things like that. Worked out okay. Made a few bucks doing that stuff once in a blue moon. And uh, that kind of moved me into more like sort of VC, venture capital stuff using other people's money. Because I have a pretty good track record as far as like um, most people that invest will invest again, stuff like that. So over time, you just kind of build all that stuff up, which is pretty cool. But, uh, you know, a few different holds and whatnot, shoes and stuff, which is kind of what brought me into fast food a little bit. And uh, I was sort of telling you a little bit before this started, uh, like restaurants and stuff, people think of them as this crazy flashy thing. Like it sounds like a lot. It costs like four and a half million bucks to put them up, whatever. But at the end of the day, there's a fat loan on that. You're putting 10 to 20% down on that loan. Uh, it looks flashy, but it doesn't make as much money as you'd think. That's more of a like, long-term play and almost none of my own money. So Kyle's speaking right now from this because you just opened a Culver's. Yeah. In Nixa, am I uh, right? Ozark. Ozark. Yeah. My bad. Don't go yet. It's a little bit of a wreck. It's going to be a little <laughs> bit of a wreck for like about another two weeks. Because there's a national labor shortage. Oh, So you yeah, can't yeah. hire people. I mean, like McDonald's was doing a $600 sign-on bonus. Right. Like, just, well, like McDonald's. People can't like, find what? People. So that's the thing. Exactly. Like, because you got to hire about 95 people in about a month. And we just couldn't quite get to those numbers. Yeah. And we hired people who shouldn't have hired. So you got to kind of trim those people right. out. And then just a nightmare and a half. But the goal of fast food is not to be in there. The goal is to throw money at it, and there's four ways of making money in real estate. Asset appreciation, principal pay down, tax benefits, and cash flow. So if someone buys multifamily, which is like fancy word for apartments, right? Those are the four ways of making money. But cash flow sucks, right? You don't make much on the cash flow. You're making money on asset appreciation, meaning if you pay five million bucks, in 10 years it's worth eight million bucks. That's asset appreciation, so you made three million bucks. Principal pay down is you've got like, let's say a 30 year loan, you're paying that loan off. Every month you pay the bank on a mortgage, right? Uh, cash flow is just, let's say, uh, you know, your all your expenses are 10 grand, but 11's coming in. You've got a thousand in cash flow. And then tax benefits, just right, that makes sense. But uh, real estate essentially has all those, but the cash flow is way higher because there's a business attached to it. So the big thing with um, fast food, in my opinion, is I, that's there's a lot of cash. There's a decent cash flow. Like a bad store is probably making 250 grand a year. A good store is making maybe one to 1.2 million. But it's very uncommon for someone to own that entire store themselves. You may have someone that owns five percent, ten percent, whatever. So you're getting a little bit of it. Yeah. And also, you got to front a lot of money. So you own this whole store yourself? No, is that what you're no, saying? No. 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 He's so like, that's, no, a, no, no. that's a thing. No, so now no. later on, but but the thing is, is that there's an option. So I'm I, in two to four years, I, I will, uh, because essentially it's a cash out refinance method. So what happens is, is that you take people's money, then you the asset goes up, you cash that out, you refinance, you pay the bank back what they need, then you do it all back in your name. 
So that's like, I know a guy who owns about 160 Taco Bell, stuff like that. I learned that from him. That's another cool thing is I just met people along the way yeah. who own stuff. And then also, it's just a whole thing. But the point, it, it looks flashy, but it, it's not as cool as it sounds. And it doesn't make as much money as it sounds. It's just something that like, that building will outlive me, my kids, my grandkids, my great grandkids. That building will be staying there long after I'm in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, it's cool really like impressive that. that you're literally 21 and you just... You're, you've like helped open this Culver. So why Culver's, you know? like uh, Out of all the the chains. Well, there's, there's, I mean, a, there's a few I mean, reasons. I'm, I'm from Green Bay, so and then Culver's the only reasons. place that's got cheese curds in Missouri exactly, here. Right. So. There's, there's a few reasons. Uh, one of them is, as far as businesses and businesses growing, really good. Two, like if you open a McDonald's or a Taco Bell, there's so many of them at this point, you're competing with billionaires. They're, all the good territories are taken. So, for example, uh, Culver's, the place that I plan on going next, because uh, we've got two more coming in, uh, within the next about year and a half. Uh, we've got one under contract, a pre-existing one. Number one, we built. Number two is in contract. Number three, we're working out right now. So the whole thing with that is, as far as building new, the territory we plan on heading to, there's a ton of space. Put 30 of them up. But that's why it was always important for me, like, to be around the right people and the people that have money. Like my ex-girlfriend's dad, he's putting a hundred grand into the third one. Wow. So. Oh, he really, he really massaged that ex-relationship. <laughs> no, no, I so, mean, how is that? Well, uh, he's he he's got money, money, and he was the one who really taught me partially about uh, multifamily, which was apartments, because he came from nothing. And he built up this very impressive uh, portfolio. Uh, he worked for Oracle, like a business software company. Yeah. And he made good money. And he took all that money and he bought multifamily apartments. So he was paying like $2 million for stuff that he's sold now for like $10 million. Like crazy deals he's done. But he bought in Oakland County, Michigan, which for a long time was one of the fastest growing counties in the country. So that sort of taught me bought and growing, growing areas. So like Ozark, I picked the lot. I picked Culver. I picked all that stuff. The reason why is because you look at like fastest growing place in Missouri. Yeah. Ozark. Yeah. Ozark next to those places. So that's the thing of it's very easy to make money in a growing area. Right? So like I was at this Grant Cardone real estate summit, twenty five thousand bucks, I'll tell you the one thing I learned. He said something that I wrote down that I'll I'll have dementia and I'll still remember this. He said the best deals or the the deals I made the most amount of money on are deals I overpaid for. Not some steal. The steals, he never made that much money. Because if it's in a fantastic area, he's bought like $30 million properties. Miami's gone up 40% the real estate market in the past year, year and a half. Yeah. So that $30 million deal went up 40%. Now, if you buy some torn down thing, someone might be like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's 20% undervalued, right? Well. But but you got to put money into it, fixing it and all that stuff. And here's the thing. All those deals are in non-growing areas. So if you ever want to buy a house or whatever, same as there's like that rule of like buy the worst house in the nice neighborhood, if you've ever heard of that. So it's that sort of principle of buy the location. Who cares about the house like or the building or the whatever? Like you need to buy. Like we overpaid a million bucks to put that up. The Culver's up, and the reason why is because we got the best lot in Ozark, we believe, by a mile. We have a 60 foot pylon sign, no one else can put a pylon sign 
on any of those three exits. We got the last pylon sign. Cost 250 grand to put the sign up. The lot was a couple hundred grand more than where the big O tire went. That's 500 grand right there. Had to dig up another hundred grand from underneath because there was all this old stuff buried under the lot. Then also had to spend about a hundred grand to put up um, retaining wall. So my next question then is, you know, you're saying all these numbers, all you know, all this money. Where do you get like just all this from the bank? Like so, financial support wise. Yeah. What do you do? How did you know? Yeah. So pretty much, that's the thing with the franchise. Okay. Opening a business doesn't make sense most of the time, and the reason why is because half of businesses fail in the first year. About ninety to ninety-five percent, depending on the statistic, fail within ten years. When you're buying a franchise, you are buying a model. You're buying something that's proven. There's 806, I think we're 862, so there's like 865 locations, okay? If you ask me to put a burger together on a grill, I don't know where to start, okay? But you, you buy the recipes, you buy the model, you buy the name. So the chance of that store failing, there's been three stores out of 865-ish that have failed. Wow. Exactly. And two of them were right when it started up. So there's the argument that only one of them failed. So the idea is, is that the chance of that failing is so unlikely. There are banks that the second we opened, multiple banks that called and said, hey, we wanna give you a loan on another one. Wow. Exactly, we had the city of Willard call us saying they want us to put one in. Willard doesn't have a high enough population, need about 20,000 people to make one work and off the highway you're golden. Uh, but that's a whole nother thing. But at the end of the day, banks will loan like it, it's, it's, it's hard to start. Like if I just started Kyle's Burgers, good freaking luck getting a loan. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you started like Morgan's makeup shop, like you're not gonna get a loan, <laughs> right? You need to show two years of financials, right. all that stuff. And so all of these loans are just based off you and your financial stuff, right? Partners too. So you have, so there's FP, financial partner. There's uh, an operator, OO, owner operator. There's, uh, there's different titles, but you have to put a group together that can do it. Me gotcha. alone wouldn't have been able to do it. Could have showed them financials for days, all that stuff, wouldn't have been able to do it. So you got a team, basically. Of yeah, but you have to put it together. So, But you have, you personally have a team of different people who are yeah, kind of with yeah, you yeah. and helping you yeah. then. Same as like ex-girlfriend's dad, yeah. Allie's dad, he's putting 100 grand in, he'll be an FP, financial partner. So That's they'll awesome. look at his entire portfolio and he'll be attached to it. So if it fails, the bank will be able to go to him and say, we need some money. So these people you've met, like these networking contacts, those people just you've met throughout your life, and then you've kind of yeah, just kept. Yeah, we're in your actually opening the first public fund. It, it's just it's like ninety grand to do it because you have to pay lawyers. You know, lawyers biggest rip off. All right, lawyers. Okay, <laughs> just gonna put that out there. And ninety percent of this building's lawyers because only people that can afford the freaking rent here because they rip everybody. We're at off, Hammond's Tower. If you guys didn't know, we're at Hammond's Tower. <laughs> but the point is, is that these you gotta. And I've, I've thought about it a couple times, but I thought it'd be really cool if we had workers that were part owner in the building. That's kind of cool. That'd be freaking sick, I thought. So we're putting this fun together. Everyone thinks it's a bad idea. Probably is, but I want to give it a shot. Uh, to where if you have as low as $1,000, you'll be able to invest. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, unaccredited. So unaccredited, here's the problem. It's it's a fact. Same with my, my business. Like I just closed a $5,000 deal about two hours ago. Buddy didn't even question it, sent the link overpaid. I've tried to close $100 deals that take me four weeks to get 100 bucks. It's not worth it, right? 
Typically, low amounts of money, people ask more questions. That's just how it works. They want their money back quicker, which is why for shoes, if you don't have at least 10,000, I won't take your money at this point. It used to be as low as 500. But the people that put in lower amounts of money ask for their money back sooner, stuff like that. That's why most people think you're nuts. Because uh, I'm in a few real estate groups, um, like different workshops I've attended, stuff like that, of people that own like apartments and whatnot. And they're all like, dude, you do not want to like open a restaurant with a bunch of people that have a thousand bucks. But also my goal of owning a certain number of restaurants will be very hard to reach without, because I know a lot of people. So the chance of me being able to get quite a few people to give me like a grand yeah. per restaurant is pretty high. So I think I could open up quite a few restaurants like that, but it'd be a hassle. Yeah. A answering all those calls. like. But dude, if it, it's, if it helps me get there, it helps me get there. You know? Right. So obviously Kyle is in his bag, like very successful, doing all kinds about, of things. I'm, humble, I'm not that King. successful. I'm not that successful. Honestly, uh, I'm not that successful. <laughs> it's a lot of show. Like a restaurant, I'm telling you, is not at... But I mean, not it's even not just a restaurant. It's not as hyped up as it sounds. Like yeah, even everything yeah. you're doing here at Hammond, you know, like that's, so. That's that. That's the like that. It doesn't sound as fun, but that makes a lot more in a restaurant. But it doesn't sound fun. That's how you open stuff. Is a business like this, or like you talk yeah. about marketing. That's something you can do to actually high cash flow. But you, you know, you're not paying off a loan more than likely. So there's there's benefits to that yeah. stuff, but like. Fast food, real estate, that's more like of a long-term play. Like if you're trying to build wealth over 20 years, yeah, but it's a pretty guaranteed way to get there. You just have to wait. A business business where you have to put in 17-hour days, that sucks, but yeah. if you do it right and cash flow very high. That's awesome. So, I mean, when it comes to future, you know, the ultimate dream, what what would be your ultimate goal? You've been this entrepreneur since Not you've been working. 12. <laughs> I mean, everybody, yeah. But really, I mean, is that, I yeah, mean, what oh would yeah. be, like, tell me, like, you would, would retire at, what, 38? Like, what, you know, mm -hmm. tell me. I've thought about kind of throwing in the towel now almost, but I just focus on fast food after some days. I'm like, dude, I don't know how long I can keep doing this for. Yeah. But, I don't know, Rockwell, I don't know. I've, I've thought about selling it, half of it to, um, Cardone Ventures, I've thought about selling half of it too. I've thought about, I'm actually going to their Finance Essentials workshop in a few days. Uh, I'm, I don't know, I, I, it depends. I, I'm. Cause some, cause for some people, they're like, I don't want to retire until I have this number. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or until I achieve this yeah. business venture, this accomplishment. Like I didn't know if there's something like, yeah, yeah. you know, you're this guy, you're like, I got something to prove. Like, nah, not there, anymore. Honestly, not, not anymore. You should see how I walk anymore. around, dude. I walk around in like three-year-old t-shirts, like whatever. It's stuff doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do much for me anymore. But um, there, there's a number, but I, I, I don't know. Part of it's like, I'm at, at this point where I realized I don't need as much as I originally thought I did. Yeah. And I've driven pretty much any car I want. All my buddies have the cool cars. And I'm, I don't know. I've thought about it. I've thought about getting some more cars or, like, cooler cars. I always thought a Bugatti would be cool. But, like, yeah. dude, spend $3 million on a car. Like, that's just stupid. So yeah. I, don't, I don't really need any of that anymore. I'm, I'm planning on probably within the next year. I'll, I'm I'm probably gonna uh, live in Florida for part of the year just because yeah. I'm down there so much, anyways. 
And like Miami. Miami. Yeah, yeah, the Miami. Yeah. Well, Sunny Isles. Sunny Isles yeah. Beach I'm in because that's where uh, I go to a lot of Grant Cardone events. And I'm down there like every other month anyway. So I was thinking like I'll probably get like a little like an apartment or something. Yeah. And uh, just stuff like that, you know, costs quite a bit. So just have some money coming in for that. But I'm I'm I started Rockwell to have a good exit because most of my businesses were very high cash flow, but they didn't have a good multiple to sell. So like the industry I'm in now has a EBITDA multiple of like 16. So. Meaning if you're doing like, uh, you know, 10 million a year, the business is worth like 160 million. That's why I started this business. And I'm not paying myself too much of it. I'm just focused on, all right, this is going to be nuts what I'm about to say. And it's okay. going to go over a lot of heads. However, this is, this is going to teach like you more. I feel like it's already going over my head. Like. This is going <laughs> to teach you more than four years in college will. Okay. And it spent me, I, I probably spent a couple hundred grand to learn this. No joke. All right. Over years Pen of stuff. And paper. There's two numbers you need in business. CAC and LTV. Only two numbers you need. Cost of acquisition per customer and lifetime value of a customer. I spent too much money on garbage and crap. And once I heard that from Brandon Dawson, I Brandon Dawson sold over 200 companies. His last one was like 150 million he sold. Like you can Google him. He's on Forbes, all that fun stuff. CAC, cost of acquisition per customer. How much does it cost for you to acquire a customer? LTV is lifetime value of a customer. So the stat that blew my mind was the lifetime value of a Starbucks customer, it's like 15 grand. So the average person that walks through Starbucks doors will spend around $15,000 over their life. Why? Because even if you don't go to Starbucks every day, there are people that go there every day and get four drinks for their family. And they've been doing that the past five years. Wow. So some people go once and they never come back again. Averaging out, I spend probably fifteen hundred a year at Starbucks. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah. But when I started thinking, like, dude, I'm here like all the time and I'm buying at least one drink. Sometimes if there's like two people in the office, I'm buying three drinks. So and I see people walk through these doors with two cartridge, like eight yeah. drinks. Yeah. So um, the idea is, if, is it worth it for Starbucks to spend five hundred bucks to acquire one customer? Yeah, because they're getting 15 grand back. So the idea is, is that if you can acquire a customer for free, you're doing great. So my front end package is 4,995 at Rockwell Financial, right? We put you on 400 networks, Fox, CNBC, Digital Journal, Market Watch, and about 417 others, give or take, depending on if anyone rejects you. That's $4,995. So, is it worth it for me to spend, you know, to where I'm spending about five grand all in just to get that one sale? Most people would say no because you're not making any money. However, there's the back end. That's top of funnel. That's how we bring people in. We have a republishing fee of $395 per month. We've got retainers starting as low as $997 a month. So here's the idea. If the average customer sticks around on our retainer for six months, that's six grand. So is it worth it for me to spend five grand for them to come into my ecosystem? Yeah, because I'm gonna make six grand on the back end. Yeah. So that's what the biggest companies in the world have kind of figured out, is that if you can acquire a customer, there's this famous Dan Kennedy quote, the person who spends the most to acquire a customer wins. One of the greatest marketers ever. Hmm. And uh, 
so that's sort of the, the basic idea. I know a lot of you probably don't want to hear that, but if there's two people listening <laughs> that wanted to hear that, Mom that'll Dad, change I'm your business. Kidding. That'll change your business. No joke. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's what this business is about. We are trying to spend as much money as possible to get as many people in the door and then just focus on making money on the back end. So the, at the end of the day, our EBITDA is so high that we can get industry averages about five, 15.8, about 16. So whatever that EBITDA is, sell it for 16 times that. So wow. I started the business with the intent to sell, which goes into that yeah. other question of what's the end goal? Get the heck out. Yeah. I don't want to do and this the rest of my life. And then retire somewhere beautiful or something? I'll always do something, but not like yeah. this. Not 17-hour days. That's awful. But, I mean, for we for that beginning package, we've been collecting cash for about two and, two and a half months. So that's a newer one. We also have rockwellmarketingsolutions.com. Scaled that business up decently. Launched Rockwell News Network, which is our own network, like CNBC or Fox or something like that, where we publish. Um, that's really good. That's just, we give, if a business is doing certain revenue numbers, um, we'll publish them for free. Top of the funnel, this is a big hack right here, business hack. Uh, so you just cold call them. It's impossible to get business owners on the phone. This took us years to learn, by the way. So we'd call them and we'd be like, hey, uh, we, we're, we're doing a spotlight on gym owners. Let's say they're a gym. Yeah. And, and we want to publish you for free on our network. They're not going to say no to that. So we get the business owner on the phone. We get their personal information. All of a sudden we're in because it's impossible any sales training will show you about the gatekeeper. It's impossible to get past the receptionist because every boss trains the receptionist to dodge salesmen. Right. But if you're saying, hey, we wanted to publish you for free, yeah. guess what? They're sending you right through. Right. So only cost is like 50 bucks. I toss a writer 50 bucks. Cost is 50 bucks. Well, we repitched. We keep calling, right? And then they end up buying a package. So that was like the ultimate way to get in. And if you guys can figure out like a good top of the funnel thing for your business, if you have one. That's pretty me, cool. Yeah, that's that, pretty good. That yeah. will, that's an easy way to get to at least seven figures a year. Yeah. If you can figure that out. With probably a sales team of five, you can hit at least a million a year. One to three million. Easily. <laughs> if you have a decently priced, even a thousand bucks. Yeah. Because that'd be a thousand people. Sell to. Yeah, you could do that in a year. Easily. Yeah. That's guaranteed way if you have a thousand dollar product to do a million in your first year. Guaranteed. Thing. So to transition a little bit, so obviously you have all these ventures, 17 hour guy, like you're a busy dude. Once so, in a while. <laughs> so like relationship wise, like are you seeing anyone or is this like I mean how does that even how does that even work with your Doesn't. schedule? <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. It's not gonna you can't. Unless you've got some unless she works for you. Right, <laughs> like, right. I mean, right. Unless she's in the yeah. office too, but yeah. then you're not gonna get anything done. Right. So it's like it's just not gonna work. Once in a while, like I'll uh, hang out with friends and stuff. You yeah. Know? But like you know, sometimes on like a Saturday or something. Because here's the thing with the business though: if you're selling B two B, you're selling to business owners. Saturday's the best day to call them because yeah. they're not as flooded with work. So like Saturdays are kind of the on day. Saturday's the best day to close deals of the week. So you can't do Monday through Friday. You can't do Saturday. Maybe Shoot. you can do Sunday, but yeah. like Sunday, I'm still in here probably five to eight hours. Wow. So it's okay, but like, I just think long term. Yeah. I don't want to be working until I'm 40. That's a not fun life in my opinion. One life yeah. to live, I don't want to spend it working until right. 40. So 
Are you the kind of guy like at some point in life you do want to have be married and have kids and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm sure I will. Yeah, but you know I'll think about that a little later on. Uh, right. Twenty one. I'm not as focused. I know it's not a very popular opinion for the school we no, went we to, went but to I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it in the slightest. It's like we got out. It's just for you know, me. Single and no kids. It's just that's for me. That's a job to me. So it's just for me. Like it. I mean, it, that's just. Well, here's the thing though. Most people though, because this is how I view it. Like, I could put in about five miserable years, which aren't even miserable because I love what I do. Yeah. I talk to people all day. I love yeah. talking anyways. Right. So if I put in five miserable years, but I can have a little bit of money at the end of it and I don't have to worry about money, I can maybe relax and do something for 20 hours a week. Restaurant industry. Yeah. Just manage a portfolio of restaurants or something. That's easy. Like, I, dude, I know dudes who own, the dude who owns 160 Taco Bells, he flies around on his plane all day. He didn't do, cool. do anything. Like, yeah. He's working, but like yeah. the people working in the restaurant are working harder than him, yeah. truthfully. But he's making all this money. Hmm. So that and honestly he didn't eat, he he told me he owned a hundred restaurants and he was paying himself like hundred and fifty grand a year. Man. Which is like not anything for owning a hundred restaurants. But it was cause he uh did cash out refi, which is refinancing through the bank. So once you get enough equity you just pull it out and you open a new a new restaurant because he came from like nothing, so he didn't have like someone. Because I'm trying to get him to open some restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. he he he's selling his Pizza Huts and stuff because he owned a lot of Pizza Huts. But Pizza Hut, yeah, kind of dumb these days. But right. So he's with Yum Foods. So he owns all the Yum Food stuff. But hmm. so, uh, what are your thoughts on NFTs and crypto and stuff like that? You know. Are you, are you the kind of person who's going to wait it out and just wait till it dies? Or are you I invested? I have a tweet. You can see it. We're friends on Facebook. Yeah. I have a tweet I said from like 2012 about Bitcoin. I was like, I just bought Bitcoin. I just bought my like 10th Bitcoin for like $110 or something. Like it's crazy. It's going to a thousand. Yeah. But I sold way before then. I thought I was like hot stuff. I had like a grand worth of Bitcoin and I sold it for like three and I was like, oh, I'm like Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I've been out of Bitcoin for a while. I, uh, Bit, I'm pro like blockchain. <laughs> I'm pro blockchain. It's taking you a minute to like. <laughs> well, I don't want to say too much. I'm very pro blockchain, but uh, Bitcoin has a very dark <laughs> oh side goodness. to it. I'm sorry, it's like you're speaking in hieroglyphics. So. It's, it, Bitcoin has a very dark side to it also. And long term, I think it's too late for the government to ban it, for sure. Might eat my words on that, but I don't think they will. But there's rumors of like who created it and stuff like that. And if some of those rumors pan out to be true, it's going to zero. So that's why I, long term, I, I, I don't have anything yeah. in it. but. Yeah. I don't think people are crazy for having money in it. I think it could go to a million. I totally huh? do. I, I also wouldn't be shocked if it went to zero. But I'm not buying them up. Yeah. But I'm I'm very pro, pro like blockchain, like not dealing with the banks. Dude, the banks run the freaking country. They got so much <laughs> money. Like just let the people make the money. I'm all for that. Paying like there are poor people that have to pay forty dollar overdraft fees. Like that's just you know what I mean. There's right. they can't advance in society. So I, I I love the blockchain. Just I don't know if Bitcoin will be the long term one. Like Ethereum. Yeah. If I was gonna put money in something. I'd put money in Ethereum. Hmm. Are you invested in a lot of stocks right now as well? Used to be. Uh, sold most most of that stuff just because 
just kind of focused on um, your business yeah, and the culvers and everything? Yeah, I put a lot of money in training. I, I didn't think I'd learn that much from college, but I had a, a certain dollar amount that I had after I kind of liquidated my clothes and stuff when I went off to college. And uh, I spent a semester in college and I was like, I'm not gonna learn what I need to learn. So I bought a lot of courses with that money and it got me hooked because a lot of courses, I feel like what people don't quite understand is that there's a lot of people that are much further ahead than us that know what we don't know. And for like, literally there are courses for a thousand bucks, thousand dollars that can, that have shaved 20 years of learning off of my life. Like thousand dollar courses, straight line persuasion, best sales course I've been through certification 4.0 Jordan Belfort. He's the Wolf of Wall Street guy. Oh, I know who Jordan Belfort is. And <laughs> it's like six grand. It's expensive. Might be five. It was eight. It might be eight grand. I don't know. It's a lot of money. His I, training I got program? Yeah, yeah, but I'm going to explain something to you. You will not learn more from sales anywhere else. Then Jordan Belfort? Experience could teach you quite a bit, but he's like an insane salesman. Like just what he's done. I mean, Buddy had like, 2,000 people working for him at Stratton. Right. And he made all those people like millionaires. Now, there's certain ways he yeah. did it that wasn't right. It's kind but, of funny. Z, but, like. but the thing is, is that it's, what, what, yeah, I don't look at what he did. I looked at how he did it. So like you could do the same thing and sell people like anti-cancer pills. You, you could be selling the cure to cancer. It doesn't matter. The fact is he could turn no's into yeses. And that's the important thing because that's what yeah. I have to do. Yeah. And that's kind of the cool thing is because what I actually have helps businesses more than you would think. Being able to advertise as seen on Fox, CNBC, Forbes, whoever. I mean, that drives conversion rates through the roof. Calls booked, email opt-ins, product purchases. We've got a dude who uh, sells butter. Love butter. L-U-V butter. Yeah. Love butter. Go buy some. His pitch is great. I met him at a business conference. He's like, it's better than te Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> crazy but it's, it is killer stuff it's like 10 bucks a jar it's a steal love butter and we're doing a story for him right now and uh like it, it, just how much more product can you sell if someone clicks on your site because you're paying for ads yeah like you know what i mean someone's spending 30 grand a month on ads I'm, I'm sure he's not but like certain people are spending 30 grand a month on ads if you can increase your conversion rate 10 percent, we just saved you three grand 10% less people are going to leave your site. That means we just made you an extra three grand a month. All we charge is five grand. So it's going to make you a lot more money long term. Now we've also got lower packages, but we don't run ads to those. Yeah. That's more that lifetime value back end I was talking about. Yeah. So what would you say? I mean, all these training programs, all these things, like what was the best thing you ever, maybe it is a training program. Like what was the best thing you ever learned or seminar you went to or thing that just changed the few way you things, thought. A few things, I'm telling you, seat, cost of acquisition per customer compared to lifetime value of a customer will make you a billionaire if you implement it. Jeff Bezos did it. Early days of Amazon, Amazon made no money. What Bezos was worried about was acquiring customers because they kept coming back. So he said, if I can get a million people to start using my business, a million customers, Never spend money on ads again. They'll keep coming back. They'll tell their friends it will keep growing. Do you ever see what his desk looked like? It was sitting on cinder blocks and it was like a door. He spent, he lived on nothing. He drove like some 10 year old Honda Civic 
And like that's how he grew his business. And if you look at like a lot of the biggest companies in the world, that's what they do. This is dude Alex Hermosi, who's got a YouTube channel now. Uh, he just sold his company for like 120 million, something like that. He uh, a company called Gym Launch. He it was a thirty thousand dollar product he sold to gyms. And uh, same thing. Spend as much money to acquire that customer, but make a ton off that customer. Yeah. And it can be back end. So that's the crazy. That's the biggest gold nugget in business. And so on the flip side, then, what would you say? for you personally mm -hmm. has been your biggest challenge, you know, business wise, or just the biggest obstacle you faced thus yeah. far. Like, Be, being taken seriously, which is why, why I got dang, on that's, the I'm news. I'm sorry, mic drop. Like. Why I got on the news. When, when, you've, when you can send a prospect, oh, I just don't know if I wanna do business. Send them an uh, 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 article of you on CNBC. All of a sudden you're respected, Right, we say we'll make you an industry leader, an authority figure, the top of your field. Literally, your prospects will be certain that they should be doing business with you instead of anybody anybody else. Because think about it, at the end of the day, if they're, if they're getting prices, car dealerships are notorious for this, people will go to five different car dealerships to, to get a quote or whatever. The second someone walks out of your dealership, they say there's an 80 to 90% chance they'll never come back. They've test driven the car, they've seen the numbers. They know if they want the car or not. They're looking around to see if they can get one cheaper somewhere else. Yeah. But if you can show someone that your dealership has been on whatever, Forbes, and it says top five reasons why you should buy from this dealership instead of someone else, you think that's going to prevent people from walking out the door? Probably. So at the end of the day, like I wasn't taken seriously for years, years. And in the webinar, rockwellprwebinar.com, it shows how being on the news Little stations. I was on little Detroit stations. Paid two grand to be on some no-name station. But it changed my business because I was running ads, right? Back when ads were cheap and you could launch a campaign and just get money for nothing, right? People would click on my site and then click off. Well, my conversion rate doubled overnight once I put ads seen on and then three no-name news networks. If you weren't from Michigan, you didn't know those. So the idea is... It's a little less powerful today because there's a lot of businesses with ads seen on or a lot more. However, it can still do insane things to your conversion rate. People take you seriously. Like That's why we really niche down when running ads to our high ticket program. It says right on the landing page, only for coaches, consultants, and agency owners doing between 10 and 50,000 a month. The 10 and 50,000 is because uh, we wanna make sure you can afford it because we're running ads, but also, this dude, Kai Bax. This is a good lesson. I know it's a little off, off topic, but this is a good lesson. This guy, Kai Bax, I bought his uh, program for 6800 Really good deal. He's 20 years old. He's from Australia. His company does like three hundred and fifty grand a month. Nuts. And he builds landing pages, email sequences, all that stuff. So I, that's what I bought. The reason why, this is where I'm going. If you see something working for someone else, model it. Don't completely copy it. But when we were on the Zoom call, I bought after the first call. Didn't have to do follow-up or anything. And the reason why was because he said, dude, we sell to the same people. He's like, you can literally, my exact everything, exact templates, we'll just swap out my agency name for Rockwell. We'll put Rockwell Financial in there. We'll literally change nothing. 
Well, guess what? He's doing $350,000 a month. If I can just throw the marketing funds at it, yeah. it'll be replicated. So the idea is find someone who's at the top of your industry and model them. You don't have to completely copy them. But if, if you're selling makeup, look at one of these uh, Kylie Jenner people or something like that. Yeah. Do the exact same thing because it's working. They're doing billions of dollars. Same as like this Josh Snow. He owns a, a company called uh, Snow Teeth Whitening. He's in Target. I've been following him for a long time, but now he's in Best Buy, Target, all these places. He does that. He was the guy who started. Have you ever seen a Snapchat story that says like from a uh, one of those influencers that says something like, uh, "Oh, where'd you get your teeth? How'd you get your teeth so white?" Oh yeah. He started that like in like 2015 because he walked through the store and he said, "What looks um, really old that could use? That's a good product, but needs to be rebranded." He walked through the toothpaste aisle. And he was like, oh, this entire aisle needs redone. Man. So, and now he's got a company that does like $150 million a year. And they built it off of paying influencers. Because he can't pay. We're paying $100 to $200, depending on the campaign, to get a call booked on our calendar. But we're selling a high, high service, high, high offer, right? High ticket, they call it. He can't pay $150 to get someone to pay 50 bucks. So he paid these influencers. But it's the same idea of if you wanted to go into teeth whitening, you could literally do the exact same thing as him. Just pay influencers, figure out exactly what he did. There's interviews on YouTube of him saying exactly what he did. Do the same thing. Yeah. That's how I kind of got started. That's how I scaled clothing, Clouser. Dang. It was just looking at Supreme. Yeah, there you it's go. Same thing. So as we're kind of coming to a close, one of my last questions before what I usually always do is... Mm -hmm. Real quick, what advice would you just give to someone who maybe wants to start their own company or something? Don't listen to broke people. Unless you want to be broke. <laughs> no, really. There you go. <laughs> it, it's stupid. If, if you, I mean, people will listen to everybody except for rich people for some reason. They'll listen to their uncle that's a mechanic. It's like, dude, he fixes cars all day. What does he know about selling makeup kits? You know what I mean? Yeah. What does he know about selling t-shirts? He doesn't know anything. He's never done it. People listen to their parents. Look. My parents are good people, but they don't know anything about business. So I listened to, like, even my, my dad didn't think. And I, I didn't even take it personally. He was just like, oh, almost all businesses fail and stuff. Why do you think you'll be different? Stuff like that. You, like, you don't, you don't listen to people that don't have what you want. Yeah. So, like, if you want to be a billionaire, don't listen to someone who has a million. And the reason why is because they got stuck at a million. It's way, yeah. Going from one million to five million is very different than just being at one million. And there are certain things I've realized as, as I've hit certain points is that scaling up, you know, what it takes to get to 100,000, what it takes to a million, what it takes to get to above, very different things holding you back. Because at some point, this costs 40 grand if you go to Cardone Ventures uh, 360, anyways, a 10x 360 it's called. There's different break points in businesses. And once a business gets to a certain size, it weighs itself down. So someone doesn't know that who's only built a business to 500 grand a year, right? Someone who's built a business to five million or ten million, they understand that because there's employees that start to weigh it down, and then you have to do trimmings and whatnot. But that's a whole different thing. Interesting. Different. <laughs> that's for another day. That's for a different. But but it, sales and marketing can get you to three million a year. Wow! Wow!
Well, you know, what I like to do to end every show is fave quote, fave song, and what would you like your legacy to be? So This is gonna sound stupid. Kyle. For quote. This is gonna sound stupid. Okay, for well quote. mine was Joe Dirt, so like, Joe Dirt. Yeah. So. Honest truth, this isn't a business quote, but Nike says just do it. Honest truth, I would say that. Because at the end of the day, look. You can sit here and say a business that's 10 years old only has, you know, depending on the statistic you read, a 10% to a 5% chance of succeeding. But a business that never starts has a 0% chance. That's right. So that's that off the bat. Just do it pretty much. If you just freaking try, yeah. at least you can say you tried and failed. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> so so yeah. that's, a, that's, that's probably my, my favorite thing because I've had some failures too. We've talked today about certain things that have gone over okay, but there have been some things too that like K&A failed twice before Clouser succeeded. Yeah. And a lot of that was just, I had a partner I was listening to that I shouldn't, he, again, right. I wasn't taking my own advice. Wasn't listening to someone who did what I wanted him to do, but he did nothing. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, he knows how to build this up. No, he didn't. The second I started doing what Supreme was doing, the business 10X'd in like six months. Yeah. But and then song or something. Favorite like song artists or I guess I, I favorite like song of all music. time. Yeah. I like rock music. Okay. Um, I was at Growth Con a few months ago, and Tillman Fertitta. He owns the Houston Rockets. Yeah. He owns uh, Landry's. He owns like six hundred restaurants. Landry's owns like uh, uh, Rainforest Cafe. All crazy restaurants. Anyways. Um, his entrance song was Welcome to the Jungle. And I was like, dude, I remember listening to that when I was like, I don't know, 10 or something. Yeah. So I, I rediscovered my love for that song. I, I don't really know. That's, I, hey, I, I love mean, rock, though. Yeah. I mean, I can listen to most genres except for like back porch country music, like truck broke down, like all yeah. that stuff. I can't listen to that. But anything else I can listen to. All right. But I love rock. And then last but not least, what last do you want your least. legacy to be? <laughs> that's a hard one. Uh, Just got like really quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking of something, but I was like, that's kind of dark to say. Because I heard someone say something not that long ago that said legacy's overrated. Mm. And I'll, I'll tell you why. This is good. Well, it's, it's not very depressing. And I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be depressed. Okay. Well, the point to sum it up was it was like, dude, no one's going to remember you in like three generations. Yeah, but like, I mean, hello. My great grandpa apparently. What do you think history classes, bro? Like true. My, my great grandpa was like. I'm learning about all these people like, that are old. Like my great grandpa did some okay, kind of cool things. I guess I mean he wasn't like some Jeff Bezos dude. He wasn't like crazy rich or anything, but like he did a couple cool things. Like dude, I don't remember his name. Yeah, I think it was Rothard. Yeah, but I mean, also, I mean, you look like, at we live in Springfield right now, and I mean, there's freaking Bass Pro. You're talking true. Johnny Morris. Is it gonna have a legacy? No, Johnny like Morris. Paul Mueller, will. like. They, no, they'll have something for sure. I, here's the thing, though. I also, I, I guess, I, mean, I don't, don't care that much. One, that's, you don't need. One. Yeah, I don't, that's. I, I don't care that much. I, I'm more. I'm a freedom guy. Like exactly, the, I, I've got rough numbers of what I'd like to hit in my head financially, but I'm not that weighed down attached to numbers because to me. Like, rich is not, like, a dollar amount. Rich is, like, can I do what I want to do? Yeah. Like, right now, I may have a couple bucks, but I don't consider myself rich. Because I can't drop everything and go skiing if someone tells me right now. Or go do whatever. Yeah. I'm kind of tied down. So, I don't like that. That's, like, rich to me. So, that's it. I don't know. Like, legacy, I don't even know. Like, after I'm dead, I don't know. I just care about, like... Being as free as possible now, which is why I want to retire in the next probably five, ten years. Yeah. Just so I can do that. There whatever. you go. 
There you go. Well, thank you so much, Kyle, for coming on the show. And Thanks thank you, everyone. And coming to me. Thanks for coming to of me. Of course. That was, that of course. Was, that was, what's, what's your name again? What? No, no, Morgan, but I'm saying, like, what's your, your, your nickname? What do they call you? Oh, Cash Money Morgan. That was oh Cash God. Money of you. <laughs> I just about like I knew died. it was cash something, but then I was like, it, no, it's totally fine. <laughs> What's I'm your dead. name again? <laughs> I know. Sometimes Alyssa? that's my line. Sometimes um, you didn't call me Megan, so that's fine. But I'm just like dead. That's funny. But thank you so much for coming on here and spewing all this, you know, business wisdom and really helping people just kind of figure out stuff. Uh, to my listeners, I love you guys per usual. Like I said, I do have my first item of merch coming out, so there just kind go. of be on the lookout. And also, I've had a lot of people approach me about wanting to start their own podcast. So if you do want to start your own podcast, literally just go at the bottom of this episode. I have an affiliate link. If you sign up with Buzzsprout, it's B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-O-U-T, Buzzsprout.com. You just have to sign up for the paid partnership or subscription, and then you get a $20 Amazon gift card. And I listen to podcasts. I will listen to yours. So sign up today so you can be a part of this great community. There you go. All right. There you go. All right. Cash money out. Kyle out. Peace.